0: Luke gets 10 minutes in the story to explain 30 years of his absence. Two-thirds of them are him drinking milk out of a sea cow.
1: Guess this is the smartest guy in the room. Literally, there's only three of us here. I'm stabbing a fish. I'm
0: going to work. Reality. Wait, what What did you take away from that? This is like, oh, no, we're going to build this up. And now we're killing them off. Why? Mystery. <laughs> Welcome to General Geekery, specifically.
1: It's a podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Ben. And today is Star Wars Day. What, again? Going back to Luke, we're mm-hmm. essentially talking about Luke right now.
0: Yeah. On Canto Bite. That would seem completely
1: The second audience. I keep splitting this up, but mm-hmm. this, but it's first perspective. Oh, I, I
0: think it's a very interesting. Observations. The second audience
1: loved the Luke montage, the little mini montage of him going out, milking nipples, yeah. jumping across water on Look giant how boring sticks, my day is and stabbing giant fishes and all that. And Luke,
0: Luke gets 10 minutes in the story to explain 30 years of his absence. Two thirds of them are him drinking milk out of a sea cow.
1: And I almost wanted
0: <laughs> dripping from his beard feel like it was some kind of art house film where it was gonna go on for like 20 minutes
1: or he's just trying to be disgusting like it's not it's the least jedi it seems, thing
0: it's like the most compromising stare of like all the things they take the one frame and it just plays it's the most un-jedi thing is that he's sitting there and he's
1: got like stuff in his beard and you expect him to look up and go you really want me to train you Like, yeah. And I wanted like when he was doing all the stuff, I almost wanted like theme music to play. Like I almost wanted like, I'm stabbing a fish. I'm going to work. It just seemed unnecessary. First audience, okay. The the second audience I watched it with, the people that are not normally Star Wars people, they loved it. They were like, "This is so cool!" And look at the cool stuff he can do. He can stab a fish, and this is so awesome. And look the, at
0: him; he's <laughs> filleting an animal. That's why you have to live on your own planet. <laughs> Bestiality. Wait, what? What did you take away from that? And then in the Star Wars group of of people that I
1: saw the opening weekend crowd, they were like, "Are we?" we don't need like a montage introduction to the guy. It's what the story has been about ultimately the entire time. And it, again, it just felt out of character. And that is, that is Mm -hmm. coming back to my uh, central statement is this movie just felt like it didn't fit. Like it didn't belong And that character. That version of Luke didn't belong Mm -hmm. going back to Luke. And, and how we feel about Luke. Did yeah. you, did you like the whole thing on Act Two? like, how did you feel about him and Ray? Yeah.
0: So, um, to, to start, to go back to the, the montage, I did think it was pretty ridiculous, but I like certain elements of it. they had some very rote elements of it in the Jedi temple as well. These things all kind of seem like a bit more excessive. We we're picking up the pace a little bit, but earlier you have a lot of very basic things that are going on every day. And, when you're showing these things like drinking milk from a sea cow and apparently jumping across a cliff on a spear and stabbing a fish instead of just stabbing the fish from where you were, right, and things like that, right? Um, and by the way, are you're we showing?
1: Supposed, oh, sorry. And by the way, are we supposed to be showing that he's separated himself from the force? Because if that means that he can <laughs> just do a pole vault over and hold himself on a tiny little ledge without the force just doesn't make sense it's uh, like yeah. it's it's like listen i got i know you got now i know you <laughs> i know you have great balance but you're uh, 200 feet in the air there's gusty winds and you're standing on less than a square inch of ground like the most amazing acrobat in the world is going to lose their balance in a windy day there and it's like oh well look at this i can just pull vault over and get the fish and then pull vault back and pull it back up and it's like but you're separated from the force. I don't know if that was supposed to say maybe he is, but he isn't like, he still has some force powers because it's just randomly thrown in there.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no. Um, and those parts I didn't particularly like, um, but earlier on we have some slower paced stuff. We have the huts. There's a lot of, by showing that by showing repeat things you do and by showing the boring banal tasks you'll do, what it can do is it can set a very, it, it, it can set a tone. It can set a very, like, boring vanilla tone and lower expectations and such. Uh, it's a technique that's used a fair amount in, you know, another beloved franchise, Game of Thrones. When Samuel Tarly goes to the Bucanasium. The Citadel. Thank you. You're welcome. When Samuel Tarly goes to the Citadel, you have Samuel Tarly going to the Citadel, and they have a I don't know, about five minutes of an episode dedicated to him emptying bedpans and stuff working his way up the boring ass shit. But you know what? It worked really well there. If that's what they were going for here, it feels like it was really muddied and it didn't land a lot, like no matter what. Right. Like, it didn't.
1: Yeah. It it didn't land. I mean,
0: even in the crowd that was, you know, um, the newer crowd, it still basically sounded like they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a guy who goes around like stabbing fish for, I guess, some reason. Cause do they not feed him on the planet? Like he has to get his own food, or? Well, again, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it opens up all these weird questions, and it it dull it, it they it feels like it ended up really dulling a lot of uh, the story they're trying to sell. Because like we're going to give Luke ten minutes, seven minutes of it is him here doing these things. It, it just it didn't it.
1: <sighs> That's what didn't feel like the same movie series to me. Again, central thesis: this doesn't feel like the same movie yeah. to, series to me. And to that point when you look at Yoda because you talk about like being goofy and eccentric and this is kind of our Dagobah scene is Yoda of course is really silly and he's you know banging on R2 and stuff like that and but then and that's just a short little thing to be like comedic and off-putting and then when he's like seriously I need to know about this Yoda guy and Yoda turns real serious and then we have this very serious like you know you're not ready just like father you know uh fuck yourself girl right yeah, it's a, it's a short amount. Like you're saying seven out of this nine or 10 minutes, this is the opposite. This is like one minute of like funny little stuff, you know, sure will. like that sort of thing. But then it gets serious. And then we start our training. Same thing with old Ben, like old Ben comes out and he's just yelling at people, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> speaking in tongues. Who do yourself? <laughs> and then he's just, you know, old Ben out there. And then all of a sudden it's like lightsaber time and sit down. Let's have a little family talk. You know, one of those talks that like, da- my sandbox. that like dad or granddad or mom or grandma, depending on your situation, sits you down and it was like, all right, it's like all fun and games and you're playing trouble. And then you stop for a second and you go, we need to talk about some real shit. <laughs> um, they all made that flip. Luke didn't make that flip. Luke was just, I'm, I'm upset. I'm broken. I'm lost with the force. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I've run away. Um, I don't want to train you. I don't want to even be part of this whole thing anymore, which is ridiculous because he is arguably by most people's account, or at least a lot of people's account, the most powerful Jedi to have ever lived. Mm -hmm. And then faced with one hardship, one difficult choice, he turns his back on everything he's ever known since he was a farm boy. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's, it's all these, it's just another one of these left turns that's made just for the point of just being different and saying, we're going to go a whole different direction. It's like, but that's, Hmm. you're not playing service to the character. You're knowingly making choices to say, I don't care what you thought about these characters before we can do whatever we want to with them. And this is the direction we're going. The term I'll use that Kevin Smith used in his little review of it was it's fuck you JJ moments. Hmm. It's like, it's like, Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams never actually got into a room together and never go, never were like, well, let's make it like a consistent story. You know, like let's keep the tone the same. What are you doing with this scene? Cool. What are you doing with this thing? None of that. And Ryan Johnson said, he was like, when I was writing this episode, I didn't watch the force awakens. Oh yeah. And I was, and I was like, and I'm sitting here. And I'm like, you're well, making I mean, this. These sequel. are very different movies. So it, it shows <laughs> you're making the sequel, but what kills me about all of this is I was, as I said, in the last episode, I was first exposed to star Wars by TBS 4th of July marathons where I wasn't at the pool playing. I wasn't in the backyard playing wiffle ball. I was sitting down with Graham crackers and milk and watching all of four five and six all together, all back to back. It felt like one whole day of a story with a great payoff. This movie, eight versus force awakens, doesn't feel like the same movie franchise. And that's where my problem lies with it is, is I like the characters. I smiled the whole way through. This is a different movie and that's a different Luke. And that's what bothers me about that is that this is not Yoda and old Ben. And they purposefully made it not like Yoda and old Ben. Mm -hmm. This is, this is Ryan Johnson's version of the story, and he's chopping down your heroes at the knees.
0: To me, that didn't really. That's not, that's not how I got that because you know I came from from the well. It's been thirty years. We end uh, Jedi, Return of Not Last of, you know, with this this victorious you know this victorious Luke. He went and he confronted his father and he talked him down from the dark side and all you know and you know I it's something I've wondered is. What, how does he feel he set out on this mission? How does he feel about it now that he's seen it all done? Is he super into, oh, you know, there's no such thing as going to the dark side and not being able to come back and redeeming it there? Or does he look at it and say, damn, that was actually a shit ton of work. In the end, I don't know that it really made much of a difference. That's really depressing. Like maybe we're or, not, maybe that. Maybe this good, bad thing isn't really a thing. Like, And what happened to the character over all those years? You know, I'm willing to... Now they didn't really give you that. They spent a lot of the time. I didn't see it as a uh, taking the piss from, uh, I didn't see it as taking the piss from Luke. I saw it as we're showing you, you know, we're trying to do this, um, uh, thing where we're showing you his life is really boring and he's really separated himself. He's not doing anything extra, extra special. Um, we're trying to drive that home through this, like rote, boring, uh, everyday stuff. Uh, and I just thought it just didn't land. Um, Cause that's how I saw it like I saw plenty of time for Luke um I saw I saw the ending of six as not as much of a downer but as much of a potential downer as the end of five, which I think is something I wanted from six, having you know seen five and being like, dude, this is awesome. This is not a happy ending. So I wanted a not happy ending for six too and what I see is a Luke who's not in victory. it's in like a a bittersweet break even and possibly a disappointment to what he thinks about how good and bad and everything is. He's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're not so far removed. And maybe it's not such a big deal. So for, for me, it was, for me, I just didn't like it because I didn't think it was well done. Um, but maybe I was expecting too much from it. But as far as that goes, I was willing to, I was willing to give Luke the credit um, or the, I was, I was willing to give the uh, benefit of the doubt to the idea that Luke over 30 years kind of went off the deep end because, I saw the ending of six is very mixed and even a downer. Um, so I was willing to accept the negative Luke. So that's interesting. Again, knowing (laughs) knowing Hamill's opinion on it, you know, he's obviously, he's obviously Luke. This is just, yeah. Well, what I was wondering nerd's take on
1: it. Well, what I was going to say though is, is you're right though, is Luke certain aspects of Luke in that whole little montage scene didn't really land for you, but it, and you were one of the ones that were in one of the early screenings. It did land for that second audience that I watched mm. it with. And that's why I say that it sounds like I'm really saying my my thesis is I don't like that the movie has taken a turn or the movie franchise is, to, is making a turn with Ryan Johnson. It's not that as much as it is, this movie isn't for me, mm-hmm. it's not for the cursory or even like. Or, or even like center Star Wars fan. It's for all the people that haven't been Star Wars fans. That's what this movie was about. That second screening, the people that still went to go see it, even though they probably wouldn't have ever gone to see one, two and three. Mm-hmm. That's who this movie is for is getting those people in that enjoyed the montage of Luke who don't really know who Luke is. Yeah. This movie's not for me. It's not my Luke <laughs> hashtag, not my Luke. And it's, it's fine, obviously, to take a movie a movie in different directions and take whole series in different directions. You can't do that in the second of three movies. You can't make a tone change in the second movie and have a totally different tone for characters than you did in the first movie. At least to me, I feel like a trilogy needs to feel like well, I'm watching one big.
0: Well, remember he said he never watched the other movie, and they didn't talk either. So, he, <laughs> this is this is the. Inevitable conclusion of that story, is the movie's discordant. Right, and that and that and that is and that is a real bummer. Though I think even if they had talked closely, you're going to have two different people. I mean, this is the people who this is. You're talking Lost versus Looper. The the, the whole entire idea of a really good strong theme between seven and eight really was doomed from the get go. I can't really put that at Ryan Johnson's feet. I have to be equally angry at seven, because. Very different creative people who don't even talk to each other, there was no way there was gonna be a good like theming continuity um and I think you I think that's a great point because you have that in four five six
1: you have it in one two three you have a one two three and
0: and like I said,
1: this movie has made me like one, two and three better. I went back and watched them not nearly as bad as I remember them being, and I probably thought they were bad because I was hoping for them to be four five and six they're not four five and six. But right. but they are their own thing, and they are tonally correct to everything else. The characters are tonally correct; they match who they are. Ewan McGregor is a perfect Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, I mean, outside of being Sir Alan Guinness himself, the Alec, Alec Sir Alec Guinness himself, a young Obi Wan played by Ewan McGregor is just it. It's perfection. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exactly what you would think the younger version of that guy would be. Yeah. And it it can't be, it can't be better. This movie did not match that tone. And the characters to me didn't match the characters that they were before. And that's the thing that I have a problem with.
0: As I've taken the the far side, extreme side on, you know, seven being basically four pretty much, you know, to the beat uh, with time to reintroduce old friends. Even with that, seven was very tonally similar. At the time I was like, this is really not, rip- we're not ripping off some themes and trying to keep continuity. We're basically just like, ah, we'll just retell a lot of these same stories that were done in four and five and just crammed together. we are It's the same stories. At least it was, since it was a different director and we've moved on in time, at least it was, had some ties back. Well, but
1: that's my point is that it's a reintroduction. It has to be four because not everybody that's going to see fours has seen hope. Right. So it's a reintroduction. The same reason I'm mad about how they're reintroducing Luke and introducing a new version of Luke. Likewise, they did that to the entire series was they, they go, here's force awakens. It's going to be very similar to a new hope. And for all the people that go, what's a new hope. That's what, that's what they're wanting is it's not for us It's not for the serious or even, you know, outside star Wars fans. Of four, five, and six, and one, two, and three. This mm-hmm. is this is for all the other people.
0: Well, and this is and this is something that I think affects my consideration of all this as well. And I don't know if it's fair necessarily, but I think this is just where we're at. Disney didn't buy Star Wars to not make a profit on it. Disney paid a lot of money to get this,
1: and they just crossed that.
0: And they, yep, and they already they already paid that back.
1: Yep, they just crossed it with four point six uh, billion. Yeah. So.
0: So that was their goal from the get-go. And then, obviously, they just crossed payback. They want to make multiples on it. This is going to keep going. They have to widen the funnel. Disney has to bring in new people. It has to not lose them. So I don't know how much that was... I don't know how much influence that had on the directors in the direction of the movie, but I can say that. I know for me, I totally expect us to be going out and trying to grab new people as much as possible and minimizing fan service in favor of bringing new people into the funnel we're 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 in for nine because you got to close the story and we're in for um the side movies we're in for a ryan johnson's trilogy they could cook chewbacca on a <laughs> spit in nine we could take c-3po and r2d2 and strip them down for parts finally like right and have a daisy daisy scene and you and i will still be like yeah but i'm going to see the rest of them right and but here's the that's, thing that's guaranteed money from disney In my mind, something that weighs on it is this is not going to be always Lucas. This is not always going to have the Lucas consistency. Also, not only is it not going to have that, it's going to have the constant pressure of bring new people in because I need new plastic shit to sell. Right.
1: Here's the thing on the money side of it, though, is you're right. We are into it for it. We're going to go see all of them. We as Star Wars people. Sure. Um. And they need to get more eyes in. But here's the thing that I guess they're learning after this movie and I would have never thought of is it was the biggest first week to second week drop off of a movie of all time made $220 million in the first weekend and had the biggest drop off percentage wise to the second week of any movie ever now yes more eyes went to go see it particularly that first weekend huge first weekend but when you think about making movies by Lucas and I'm standing behind Lucas now which I never thought I would do as far as being like I wish he was still running it (laughs) is, is With Lucas films, even episode one, two, and three, you don't have that big drop off and you still are some of the highest grossing movies of all time. Why? Star Wars fans are fanatical. We go see the movies. I saw Force, and again, I consider myself kind of just barely on the far edge, edge of the galaxy, coming soon to Disney World. I'm on the edge of the galaxy of being an actual Star Wars fan compared to how much people love and know Star Wars. Even with that, I saw force awakens four times five times five times five times in the theater um i saw this one twice in the theater but the only time i saw it, the only reason i saw it a second time was to be like is that really what i just saw star wars fans rewatch these movies and make huge box office this had a huge drop off and after you account for how much it cost to put out all the advertising there was less of a profit margin now it still made a ton of money but it, but there was less of a profit margin as was well before, and a huge mm-hmm. drop off because everybody saw it, quote unquote, everybody. So you reach say twenty percent more people of the general populace, but your eighty percent, fifty percent of them saw it multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. So you're making up that gap by being like, we're going to kind of make
0: movies for Star Wars fans.
1: That's what Lucas did. Disney's not doing. it. Oh
0: no, Disney Disney's making it for volume. They're 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 following the standard, you know, your Walmart model. You're you're selling these at a loss, yeah, but we'll make it up on volume, right? And that's that's totally what's happening to it. One might say that maybe Disney's not leaning really hard on the directors, and this is just coincidence, and it's reading too much into it because there's no proof that there's like well, that. He, Ryan Johnson was coerced to be like, here, write the story around the porgs. You know, he comes back with his first draft, not porg enough.
1: <laughs> well, and Ryan Johnson's going to get his own trilogy, and and here's something else I have to say about all of the different things in Star Wars universe is obviously there's a lot of different versions of Star Wars. I mean, you've got some of the animated series, you've got Rebels, you've got Clone Wars, you've got movies, you've got Christmas specials that never really happened, Uh, (laughs) or at least we we pretend like they didn't happen. But they have different tones. Um, Rogue One was a war movie, like we were talking about. Uh, Clone Wars, the first few episodes of that were technically put out in theater. We saw that. Um, but those were, uh, that, that's, uh, has a different tone. It has mm. more comedic Lego star Wars. It, it's in the, the parlance of all the Lego stuff. Sure. It's still star Wars universe. You still enjoy it. You still hear all the songs. There's just different versions of doing things within the star Wars universe. Ryan Johnson's movie midstream seems like it's jumped and that's fine for him to do a trilogy that he makes and create the whole world of it. But to me, to jump second movie is what has really kind of set me off about this. But lest we forget, like you were saying, Disney is now making it for everybody. And maybe they took a risk with Ryan Johnson. Maybe he's taking the fall for some of these things and they're just going to write them in the next movie. Sure. But you've got J.J. coming back to do the next movie. And then Han Solo, you got the two guys that did like What We Do in the Dark and some other great comedies to make the Han Solo movie. They fall off and doesn't really match what's going on with Disney. And they're like, we'll just go get Ron Howard. To come in and fix our movie. And it's like, so whatever we feel about this movie, we have movies by J.J. Abrams and Ron Howard with the biggest franchise of all time and the most money behind it of all time. And all of us Star Wars people are going, I really think you messed with my character. I'm not... I don't feel comfortable and I'm doing me right now. This is my my mom I don't feel comfortable about what you're doing with Luke and I don't feel it matches his character tonally. All he
0: did was turn off the filter.
1: I know exactly how I sound. So I should feel good with these other movies coming back, but I'm still sitting here going, what'd you do to Luke? What'd you do to Poe? Why am I not getting more Princess Leia? You know, I know, like, they had already filmed all the stuff they were going to film. Like, why is she so absent from the movie? Anyway. Don't choke on your (laughs) ambitions. Are you really afraid of Kylo Ren? Do you really put Kylo Ren as daunting and imposing of a character? As, I'm not even, Darth Vader, of course, Darth Sidious, uh, Darth Maul. I was more afraid of, Uh, I was
0: more afraid of... (laughs) I was some more afraid of Supreme Emperor Snoke than I was of Kylo Ren. That's it. And that, they set that up to be like, this is your, yes, it's your
1: Palpatine, but this is an even better version of Palpatine. If you're reintroducing the story anyway, then let him be who he's going to be. And then they literally cut him in half with no backstory, no framework, no emotional tie. Like there's just nothing to him. He's a figurehead that you just cut. To be like, okay, now he's moved his way up the chain because Kylo Ren moves up because this guy's dead. And it's like, he was set up to be so incredibly powerful. And then Kylo Ren just goes, yeah, I see it in my head. You're going to turn on a lightsaber. And he re- reads the tarot cards wrong right. and gets cut
0: in half. Yeah, he, he read him right. He just read the wrong set of tarot cards. If you don't want Snoke as a character, you just don't have Snoke as a character. There's all, all these other things they could have um i'm oh, sorry there's all these other ways that could have explained ben's character and where he's getting his motivation from is kylo ren you don't need a snoke that you're not going to use it actually felt like a jj abrams take this is like oh no we're going to build this up and now we're killing him off why mystery <laughs> it's like I, have you just confused mystery like it, it's like jj abrams mystery is like the smurf well let's go mystery some shit up that was the, the buildups and the not
1: payoffs Mm. with this movie is the part of the left turns that bothered me so much. So you have what you're talking about. Snoke is this hologram, this gigantic hologram. Is he huge? Is he normal? What is he? But obviously he is the, the grand poobah. He's the big guy. And then you find him and he doesn't seem to be all that much of a, of a, of a, of a big guy.
0: You know, even in looking at some of Ryan Johnson's other work, I expect Oh, cool. I kind of feel like even the things that aren't going anywhere are kind of like loosely related, and they tie into something. I, I would feel, I would, I would expect him to tell the story. Well, Snook wasn't important, or was he? Huh. Actually, he kind of has a. There's a lot of synergy going on here. A lot of things tie together, even if it's not important. No, it just totally feels like Snoke. Now he's dead. Why? Mystery. It did not then, feel Ryan Johnson at all. But, I don't know. But it's like why. JJ. I it's, don't
1: get it. It's one of those FU JJ moments. Yeah. Because JJ yeah. builds up Snoke to be like, look, this is your, this is the most powerful. This is behind everything. This is the true motivating factor of everything going on. Cut in half by Ryan. And then. yeah,
0: But that would totally be a JJ. That should have been the other way. Ryan should have built up the character.
1: Been. And then JJ should have cut him down. It's like, what? Mystery. The ultimate version of that. And this, it almost enrages me. We're getting to a point of rage now. Luke's lightsaber. Okay, okay, Maz Kanata has it, she touches it. Russian she, for my sword, she has a force vision, it calls out to her as Maz Kanata says, It called out to you just like it did, you know. Uh, what, what was the line? It just like it did to Luke and his father before him. Mm-hmm. And of course, so many people put that together as being like, We're going to talk about lineage, but if nothing else. Yeah. If nothing else, it means it's important. Okay. Uh Not that it's necessarily lineage, although that's what it leans towards. But that scene is going the lightsaber and its connection to Ray are important. Keep watching the series, and eventually we will tell you why that is important. Right. And then you get to Ryan Johnson's movie and literally tosses it away as quickly as Luke does. And then takes that relationship that, that the entire movie is, who were my parents? Why did this lightsaber call out to me? Why
0: did I have this force vision? Why is this all calling out- it's yeah, like Yeah, Mo- Ben, it- great question. You were really <laughs> excited about lineage in this one and who Ray's parents were. How did you feel about that scene? All of this is calling out, like, the
1: sea calls out to Moana, okay? Right. Is all of this calls out to her, and it's all saying... You are part of the Skywalker saga. We are watching nine episodes of the Skywalker saga. Here is the one thing, the one tangible item that transcends all seven movies that you've seen so far. And you know what it means? Nothing. What? What the what? And it's the biggest FUJJ to do all of that. And then to have the scene, which I don't believe. I don't believe uh, Kylo Ren at all. Okay but to say that the if this if this is what we're going with that ray is from nobody right that the lightsaber i don't know it's quirky it sometimes it randomly calls people you know <laughs> it's it's butt dialing like, really it's a butt dialing lightsaber sometimes it does that sorry it reached out to you and you got the wrong force vision it's a it's like, a
0: gra- it's a grandma it's butt dialing and it doesn't understand cell phones showing you a lot of flashy pictures real quick this was your grandfather back then <laughs> Why did you call me? I didn't, Mom, you called me. Why am I on Instagram?
1: So for JJ to build up Snoke, for JJ to build up the lightsaber, for JJ to build up Rey, and to take all of it and go, lightsaber, cut in half, Rey, nobody, Snoke, cu- also cut in half. It's like all of it was, it's not just disappointing, it's, it seemed pointless. It seemed vindictive. Mm-hmm it's you could tell that those two writers weren't in the room together, but beyond all that, it feels like once they did see, like almost like once Ryan did see what he was doing, he was like, that's what you think is going to happen. And just rewrites everything because he can. And of course, I mean, it's his movie to do it with, but why, if we're
0: telling one big story here, why set everything up? Then just to go, it means nothing. Here's an interesting thing. So one of the other things that uh, Lucas did was he had Lucas arts and they also make games and there was a set of really creative people who worked through a bunch of them. LucasArts uh, pioneered LucasArts pioneered uh, a lot of the refinements in the uh, what we now call the point-and-click adventure game. But in, in the adventure game, you used to have to type your sentences out. What LucasFilms did is they had an engine that would help you build out your sentences uh, within the adventure game. They were really thinking about how you tell these stories, what you know? What is the next step genera- What's the next in these? And there was a creator who uh, wrote, uh, "Monkey," I- the secret of Monkey Island, and then Monkey Island Two: LeChuck's Revenge. I thought it would have yeah. been an
1: Electric Boogaloo.
0: You have the creative Ron Gilbert working through these, and he knows what Monkey Island Three is going to be, and he kind of gets shifted on being able to finish a story. And there are other Monkey Islands, but they're not Ron Gilbert's story. He has his story. He knows what it is. He knows what it was supposed to be. He had that planned out, but he never got a chance to tell it. So he's like, no, fucking I'm taking it to my grave. And I have a lot of respect for that. What I wonder here in Star Wars, we know that Lucas isn't coming back. He didn't want to do it. He sold it. He said, I'm not going to be involved. I wonder if he passed on his thoughts of the story. I wonder what his seven, eight and nine are, especially since he's had like 30 years to think about it. Uh, I wonder what's in his heart of hearts, seven, eight, nine. And I wonder if any of that was communicated and I wonder if any of it was used. I, I really want to know what Lucas thinks.
1: Well, I know a couple of things. One, the whole idea of the Jedi temple and Ray, uh, or as a, like I was saying, Kira, that was all already set out right now. I'll be honest when, uh, from what I've read, when they went to him about, episode seven, they took what he had and they were basically like, no. And they went to JJ and they were like, we need a fresh story. So basically JJ was writing a fresh story with just knowing at the end of it, you need to show Luke because we need to go to, to see Luke in the next one. Um, is what I know of it.
0: Right. But I mean, I don't read, I don't read that as, um, Lucas would instantly hate it. Like he might look at it and say, Oh, actually no, that works really well with what I was with, what I wanted for the characters or, you know, I didn't think of it that way, but man, that makes a lot of sense for that character or something. So that's kind of what I'm wondering. Like, how, mu- how much was that in there and what would he actually think of it? Well,
1: the one thing I know that uh, Lucas has a tendency to do that I wanted to happen in this movie that was another kind of FU JJ, maybe mm-hmm. even F.U. Star Wars fans uh, moment mm-hmm. was having Luke project himself rather than being there as the the mentor mentee because with Lucas... If we look at them, if there's nothing else, he loves a good lightsaber fight and mm-hmm. I do too. I really wish there was more than just the throne room scene in this movie. But he wants to put in a big lightsaber fight at the end of the movie and that's what you want to see. Of course. If you I mean, he did, you know, he got to do it in 4, 5 and 6, but really when you look at 1, 2 and 3, probably the best thing about 1, 2 and 3 and I'm again, I'm touting how much I like those now is they had great lightsaber fights. Mm-hmm. You know, the the fight between uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and uh, Obi-Wan with uh, uh, Darth Maul I, it, well it's probably uh, no it is it's my favorite hmm. of any of the lightsaber battles uh, in any of the movies and of course Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end of uh, at the end of Sith yeah. is just it's huge it's epic I have the high ground you were the chosen one Like it's it's emotional, it's it's good to see, it's visual, it's great, it's big. Lucas would never have not had a non-fight at the end of the movie. And I get like from a plot device aspect, I'm sure a lot of people are like, I really love this. But you know, every Star Wars fan in there was just like, please let us see the greatest Jedi and Master ever against this dude and let him just be put in his place no one has to die but just put him in their place right have that old samurai moment where you get where they shut down the the young kid at every turn It's like just remember who's the master you get to see yoda do that in in uh, in sith you get to see yoda go off you want to see those things and and at least lucas was like i know you want to see him here you go but ryan johnson's like i know you want to see luke be the greatest jedi of all time you're not going to do it. Now you're going to see something that's impressive and you're going to have people go, Oh, but look how imp- like that's incredibly impressive. And then he became one with the force and it was no other Jedi I could have done that. So that proved how great his Jedi powers were and how strong he was with the force. Cool. That's great. We want to see him going face to face with his enemy in the showdown.
0: I, I kind of, I kind of expected it to not be as great. Like I wanted something to be great, but I expected it not to be because I was like, Oh, okay. This is some guy who's been, you know, sucking clam chowder out of humanity for the past 30 years. So you're saying he's out of shape? Like, yeah, like maybe he's not an excellent spar and there's no one on that planet. Who's going to spar him? What those little walrus walking maids that apparently habitate the planet and don't care that Jedi is just like, yeah, we're just going to build some hovels here. And I guess you're doing laundry now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe
1: he would have, maybe he wouldn't have, but to me it was anticlimactic to just be a movie that was about running. I really
0: really would have liked a really good lightsaber fight.
1: You want to see a battle. You expect to see several lightsaber. I mean, this, of course, you know, disappointment is only bread of expectation, but you expect to see some great lightsaber battles and you expect to see the best against the best in a crescendo for the movie. And that's not what we saw. Was we saw a couple people talking to each other. What you think is a battle, but not. What you think is a death, but is not. You never really feel like it's an actual death. And all it is is taking a whole movie that's about running away slowly. And just the main character of everything you've ever loved about Star Wars, just hanging around to give them more time to escape. See, I, and then he just dissipates uh, into the, into the ether.
0: I didn't recognize it as the same force projection right away. But even as early as him coming into cave, I was like, oh no, this guy said he wasn't coming. Like he's not coming. He's, he's not going to be here. And then, um, the salt planet, as we talked about some of the, some great visual effects with the red salt. When you step underfoot, he never had the red salt. You don't see it for a while because they lob a bunch of stuff at him and, you know, all the artil- heavy artillery they're firing at him, obviously blows all of it to red. And there's a bit of a lag before you really get a good clear shot. But, it was something I was I was looking for because I didn't expect him to actually really be there. And it took me a little bit longer to put together a force projection rather uh, as opposed to, this character's done. That was actually something I kind of caught. I would have much preferred a big showdown battle and a big lightsaber fight. I think, I you know, I, I would feel bad if I didn't stand up for that scene just because of some of the other stuff that got, you know, managed to get in all a lot of the little subtle things. I thought they were really well done.
1: The subtleties were good, were great. I have to feel like maybe, again, in that boardroom when they're making those decisions, it's like there's one pot smoker in the room that's like, well, what if he's there but not really there, man? Yeah, yeah. And
0: well, force projection, I didn't like at the level it was here. There
1: is a line in but a book somewhere that's Canon that Ryan Johnson points to, and it's a single line that
0: meaning Star Wars legends
1: that 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 relates to that. But yes, it sure. is it is the aspect of changing the canon to match what you need it to do. But here's the thing. this was the this will be the one aspect of me going, here's what I wanted out of this. because, like I said, stylistically, I'm not the director. It's like grading a paper. Write it how you want to write it, the facts are the facts. But stylistically, here's the one thing I wanted. I wanted him to actually be there. And if he's going to die, like at least he could be dying, helping get in the rebellion as a spark. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe his death there in person is part of the Stark, the spark that starts the, the revolution. I wanted him to stand there. And when they were like all fire on him as the Jedi master, I want him to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Knock all those shots back. To the giant AT-ATs that we've got. Right. They all go down. And it's just all, them. And it's just Ky- exactly. Yeah. It's just Kylo's ship that just lands, sets down, and you just see him, Kylo Ren, by himself walk out and face his mentor legitimately face to face. That's what I wanted out of that. Yeah. But the whole red herring of like the whole strike me down, I'll stay with you. Uh, you know, and him not really being there, but then he just goes off into the ether if you 're going to go become one with the force, you might as well do it there yeah, you can I mean, you have an x wing i 'm sure the engine's a little flooded, but sure we can we can force that water out
0: we've already we 've already agreed through so many movies that we're willing to play fast and loose with space and time a bit like it doesn 't matter what's more important is that the story is told, so yeah, he could have gotten there in plenty of time if he does like
1: Leia, he can just force fly
0: yeah. Right, just force pull himself to that planet because we can pull to arbitrary things, arbitrary distances. But that's not the point. Like, we already know we play fast and loose with time and space. There's no reason that Luke couldn't have... We couldn't have had an excuse for Luke to get there. It would have been really nice to see, like, you know, him master all this energy and... uh Master all this energy at, you know, being fired at him and redirect it and use it to basically just leave him and Kylo there. You could have put him in a little bit earlier whatever juggle the whole thing, you know that would have been really cool. And I also kind of feel like we're doing the Sir Alec Guinness, you know, strike me down. I'll be become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. But I'm not even there to be struck down. At least he was standing right there. At least he was like, you know, at least or at least uh, Obi Wan Kenobi had to be like, I'm telling this, I'm telling this kid that, you know, I'm gonna be one with the Force and I'm going through the universe and I'm gonna be able to like tug at him no matter what. Geez, you know, I didn't actually see Jesus on the cross. <laughs> Is this right? Like, am I really gonna be one with this force? Is this actually a thing? As Darth Vader is slinging a lightsaber right at you, you know. Right. It's kind of like one of those crisis of faith moments. <laughs> you know, with Luke, he's like, "What's the worst that could happen? He's not gonna hit me."
1: <laughs> Only the to man shall pass. Parent to man. to man.
0: To man. It was easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle.
1: Okay, so I'm going to read you a couple of notes I had on the second time through, and then we can wrap up with Mm -hmm. uh, movies in order. Fuel and ships. Yeah. So the ships run out of fuel. So at this point in all the technology, we can travel at light speed and all that. We don't have a renewable energy source at that point. I know it's a long time ago, but still, you're traveling at light speed. You would think you would have different ways of powering that other than... Because the idea, I guess, with fuel would be that it degradates. Like, it's... Would be that it uh, dissipates. That there's finite amount of it, and you're having to make it from fossil fuels or something.
0: You got to get your fuel somewhere. I mean, even in even in the Star Trek universe, um, you could you could ram scoop hydrogen, but you have you still need the li- dilithium crystals, right? And you ne- you need to stop. You need to refuel. You still need dilithium crystals to control things. You know, it it, se- it seemed odd that we had never talked about fuel before. Really, it's kind of one of those things that hit me as one of the, as a Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I guess they do have to have fuel somewhere. But it felt completely unnecessary to me because, so you have this capital ship. We know the first order's on our tail. We're just trying to evacuate this planet. And that's what we open in. We open in this attempted evacuation that's not 100%, not completely successful. So why not have the first order just get there earlier and the capital ship doesn't have enough fuel for another light? you know, a light jump and hasn't had enough time to get fuel off the planet. It's been focusing on people. Why have one light jump and invent this whole following through warp thing when you can have zero light year jumps and like just not need that.
1: Well, here's what bothered me about it is once they got to where they're behind, um, the rebel ship that's slowly leaving them and they're like, well, they're staying out of range. All I can think is you have multiple ships. There's no out of range. Like we can, you guys don't have a fuel problem. They have a fuel problem. You know, right. First order doesn't have a fuel problem. Rebels have a fuel problem. So the first order could just be like, hey, ship one, you go east. Ship two, you go north. Ship three, you go west. And listen, and
0: then... and Hey, then, Rick, you still use north in space?
1: <laughs> Jesus, Jerry! You guys go in different directions and just come back in, four different, in three different directions from how I am. And then let's all just kind of close in on them. That could have been done so quickly. I mean... I assume you could just jump out, jump somewhere else. Cause I mean, you can't jump in from light speed, like a few feet, right? Jump somewhere else. The other direction, jump back, corner them. And you're done. Like, why would you just troll behind somebody when you have all the fuel in the world? Maz Kanata. So when she's talking to them, she says, this guy is a rarefied code breaker who we see later is uh, Justin Trudeau, but we don't actually get to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, they So they're supposed to find uh, this Justin Trudeau dude, uh, the master codebreaker. And then they're like, we're not going to trust anybody. And then Benicio Del Toro, all he does is pick the lock on a jail cell. Right. And that's it. That's all you need. You're like, guess this is the smartest guy in the room. Literally, there's only three of us here. All the dude did was open up a door. It's like he slid a credit card through like a, a locked door and opened it up. And you're like, guess this guy's a genius. Oh, and th- I didn't understand this. And maybe somebody can answer this for me. Is uh, when Kylo Ren and, and Ray are having their little like force talks with each other. Kylo Ren and Stimpy. You idiot. <laughs> when they're doing that and she's in the rain. You remember the, the time that they're talking? She's oh, in the oh, rain. Oh, oh,
0: oh. Ben and Jerry Ray's.
1: Good for you. Good for you. She's in the rain. She's talking outside the the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. and they're talking back and forth with each other. And they have this connection where they can talk. After the conversation gets done, he wipes away water. How? Like, like? Oh, sweat. The no, it's supposed to be rainwater. That he's like, he's got rainwater oh, it's on supposed him. To be. It's sweat. And I'm like, but are, like, I get when the force is used. Hey, to you exp- asked
0: for an explanation. <laughs> you didn't ask for a good one.
1: I get it when the force is used to explain like plot problems. But this is just a total, like, I don't get it. Like he's standing there talking. They have this connection through the phone. It's like hanging up the phone and then your hands wet because somebody else was talking in the rain. It's like, but what are you trying to express that the force has this power now that we're not aware of? Or are you just doing something just to make it visually fun? Like what are we, what are we doing here?
0: Anytime, anytime you get into something that reeks of sci-fi, you're always going to suspend a certain amount of disbelief anyway. So, Sure, you know, teleporting water across distances and instantaneous things like that. you know what? sure we we're not we're not perfect with physics. we There's a lot we're still trying to figure out, and while you know a lot of this stuff seems really unlikely based on what we know, this is also there's a certain amount of science uh, fiction suspension disbelief, so you kind of gotta just roll with it, but it really opens a lot of questions like so so if that water can move over, is Luke just not really all that powerful? How come he wasn't there actually doing, you know, lightsaber shit and like interacting with things. things That's what it said to me. That's what it said to
1: me is like, Oh, if you can get water on you, that means you can actually cross that border. So then you can force protect yourself and then you can still fight there. How incredible is that? Is he force protects himself there. We get the, um, the foreshadowing of Kylo Ren, getting the water on him from the conversation. And then he actually fights Kylo Ren And then when he goes through him with the lightsaber, at that point, now he's made himself just the projection rather than imparting himself physically. And then it's like, oh, I'm not really here. But even with just my mind, I'm stronger than you are. I can project myself across the cosmos, fight you, be stronger than you, and then not even really be here. How belittling is that? But instead, we don't take advantage of any of that. And it's like, well, now, again, there's no point for him to have water on him because it's like what plot purpose did that serve? None. So we got to finish up with we're putting these movies in order now. Okay. We're putting them in order. Okay. I would say let's go least to best. Okay. In order. We've got the eight films. What's your... uh, Huh? Oh yeah, Rogue. Thank you. Uh, sorry, eight eight episodes and, and mm. rogue. So talking number nine, what would be your number nine in oh, this? One. Episode one? Yeah. I'm actually going to say episode two.
0: I respect that. I, I, I went d-
1: I went back and watched the first three. And episode one, even though you don't get Anakin, that's almost to the benefit of the story. Mm-hmm. Pod it racing is. is fun. And 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 um Dooku. I am mean, not Dooku. Um uh Maul is one of my favorite, if not favorite Sith, as far as movie versions. I mean, sure, you know, Darth Vader is Darth Vader, but dude, that, 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 that fight scene to get Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor and Maul in a fight scene like that, just, it's, it, it is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I put that to to flip orders. I put that as my next movie in the list as, as number eight. Uh, I put two as nine, and then I put uh, episode one at eight.
0: So okay, yeah, I'm I'm just the other way, but uh, I respect that.
1: Okay, so what what's your number eight?
0: Well, my number eight would be uh, uh, two. Episode but two. Yeah. So we're just the no, Yeah, yeah, we're just the opposite ways. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. You gotcha. think two is worst? I think one is worst. Right, 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 right.
1: So so what's in your seventh position? Honestly, mm-hmm. probably six. That's that's pretty tough. I'm gonna say rogue. Really, I'm gonna say Rogue. Wow, I, lo- I love Rogue for what it is, but I want to see more more Jedi in in my Star Wars. Legit, movies. that's fair. Say, I mean, I want to see some lightsaber battles. Yeah, I do. I want to see some 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 things being thrown around, some force chokes, some mind tricks, yeah. all that so, sort of thing.
0: So after Rogue, we're back into uh, you've you've uh, you don't have an escape from the trilogy now. You now have to pick the next worst trilogy movie.
1: I do, I do, I I gotta go. Reven- Revenge of the Sith. Even though I really mm-hmm. do like Sith, um, and I love the end of it, I I rarely rewatch it.
0: Yeah, because because uh, Sith is Sith Sith is my next. I have Sith above Jedi. I just a uh, Return of, not Last of.
1: All right, so number five.
0: So let's see. I've been obvious. I thought one was worse than two. Then I put and then I put Return of the Jedi and three. Mm-hmm. I burned through my original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm at six. Uh, probably seven. I think is my next.
1: Really? Yeah. At that point, I go six. So, so yep, Jedi, that's fair. Jedi see for me at that point yeah. falls in at, at number five on that. Yeah.
0: I've used I've used seven. Uh, for my fourth spot. Yeah, yeah we got four more. Yeah, number four. Yeah, number four. Uh, it's 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 got to be eight.
1: It, it it is for me too. It is for me too. I have a greater appreciation for the prequels now that I've seen yeah. slash lived through eight. Uh, and live through what the world is. And a lot of it is just fear of what's coming. But now that I've lived yeah. through what the world could become and for Star Wars. And notice,
0: you know, it's higher up. I mean, it's number four. So Yeah, yeah it's still higher up. It's still a good movie. Yeah. I still
1: enjoyed it. But it's... Beat the trilogy. But I really thought it was going to be one or two for me. I mm-hmm. really did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I guess I've been leading them all four on three. Yeah. Uh, n- next is Rogue. I really liked Rogue.
1: You really liked Rogue. I really That's did. really high. What was it about Rogue you liked so much?
0: I liked that it was a Star Wars story that was not in the Skywalker you know saga. Mm. Um, it it was not part of the Skywalker saga. It led into four. It led mm. into us finding Luke, but nothing about it was particularly important. Like Leia puts these plans on R on a disc and gives it to R two D two, or many Bothans died to bring us this intelligence. We don't need to know about it. That's always been the modus operandi, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the way we've always operated in the Star Wars universe is: here, I'm giving you something. This accept this unobtainium kind of thing, right? right. And you're like, cool, right. done, awesome. Uh, Rogue One. What I really liked about it was, you know, this was kind of a story in there. So it it was as much as it was involved in that star in that Skywalker saga. It was not to my in my mind part of the Skywalker saga. It was a Star Wars movie Mm. and our Star Wars story. This was a Star Wars story and it really did something different. And it was true to the theme of the rebellion and sacrifice and roguishness. And I thought that they did a really good job of telling a story that was in the stars. This felt like a EU movie to me. Mm -hmm. This felt like everything I've wanted out of that in the original Star Wars live action Kind of style. This is what I'm hoping for by having Disney buy this and saying, no, we're going back to the Star Wars universe. It's not that I don't want to finish 7, 8, and 9. It's not that I'm not interested in the Skywalker saga. I don't know that this is Lucas' the Skywalker saga. I grew up on Lucas' the Skywalker saga. I really wanted EU movies and stuff, and Rogue One was that to me. Rogue One was there is more in this world of star Wars than the Skywalkers. Not that I don't like them. You can't give me 10, 11 and 12 in a Skywalker saga. Right. You need to give me something else.
1: Right. And that sounds like what we're going to do. Yeah. So moving on to to number three three Mm -hmm. is, and I'm even still debating it as we're talking here is a new hope and a new, new hope Mm -hmm. are my, are my two movies that that fall into that, that place. And it's hard for me to figure out which one, but I'm going to say, after re-watching four, five, and six and re-watching uh, Force, mm-hmm. my number three spot goes to Force. There was a time that it was number one. I like I watched it more in the movie theater than I've ever re-watched a movie in the movie theater of all times. You know, I saw it, like I said, I saw it five times in the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, and countless times after that. I loved every bit of it. I thought it hit every single beat. The only beat it does not hit that it can't hit. Is ten year old Ben never saw it. Ten year old Ben fell in love with you know the 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 John Williams score, yeah, and and Han Solo right off the bat. It was just it was just my favorite character easily right off the bat. Force Awakens hits everything that these movies need to hit. Poe is amazing. Poe is my second favorite character in the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Um, It it gives you nostalgia. It gives you new stuff. They carried the the baton like we were talking about uh, previously. Um, I think it hits everything, but it's just still not, it doesn't originate everything. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't start the ball rolling and without Star Wars coming from Mm -hmm. nothing, that jump of nothing to that Mm -hmm. is what puts those in position for me. So three, and obviously, you know, my two, three is force.
0: I mean, I think uh, it's pretty clear that nostalgia has a lot to do with where I'm at because now my two is going to be a new hope.
1: What's, so what's your three is Rogue. My three is Rogue. My and two, two is, is Hope. New, yeah. Do you prefer to call it that or do you want to just call it Star Wars? I mean, I'm not talking about between me and you, but just in general, like it was called Star Wars for so long. I mean, I know it starts off by saying A New Hope, but it was packaged as do you want to watch Star Wars or do you want to watch The Empire Strikes Back yeah. or do you want to watch The Last Jedi? Well, like? I
0: didn't I didn't watch it in 77 in the theater. So right. I'm not tied to that. Like I knew that there were three Star Wars movies. You know, for me for me it's easy to say something like Die Hard. Die Hard was the first movie and then there's a trilogy, you know, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon one, two, three, and four. Right. For me to think of for me to think of the first episode of Star Wars as Star Wars is kind of just one of those things where it's the first of Yeah. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters too. You know, I don't really separate i don't separate the two as much it doesn't really matter that much to me i know that makes me a terrible person so when whenever whenever i'm talking in context of a lot of the star wars movies Mm -hmm. like here right now when we're ranking them all Mm -hmm. i i tend to use the episode numbers just to clarify back years ago and i promise this is a relevant story okay um my friend introduced me to a game on the super nintendo final fantasy 4 loved it except it wasn't called final fantasy 4 final fantasy 2 right there on a the cartridge final fantasy 2 and i was like oh it's final fantasy 1 then i found out there was a whole nintendo game and went back and played that and i was like oh wait actually i did play this game i just i guess i didn't like it that much the first time because i forgot point being us has final fantasy 1 final fantasy 2 final fantasy 2 is final fantasy 4 there's a final fantasy 2 II and 3 that came out for the nintendo i never knew so as i started putting these pieces together i was like oh actually the numbers are important in the context between the two because you can end up on two completely different timelines. So whenever I think to this day of things like we're ranking eight star Wars episodes, plus some other movie, I think, okay, we got to use the numbers now because there's too many things to keep track of.
1: Well, yeah, it's like what I was just uh, thinking about is, you know, when we talk about the Indiana Jones movies, like I'm just as guilty as everybody that I am like, oh, well, you know, it's Indiana Jones and then the Temple of Doom and yeah. then um, the, the Last Crusade. And it's like
0: in the Temple of um, Last uh, Crusade arc skull,
1: no skulls, zero skulls. But no one calls it Raiders of the Lost Ark. No one's like you're like that in Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. And it's like, no, it's Indiana Jones. Like, right. <laughs> that's. I realize what the cover says, but we all know what the movie is. So we all already know what our number what, what our number one movie is for for the Star Wars yeah. and the pantheon of Star Wars. Why why does it why does that make Empire for you? What
0: makes Empire Empire to you? Yeah. Empire ends on such a downer. Clerks really. Yeah, that's why Dante. That's why Dante doesn't like uh, Empire. Right. So much. Right. Man, do, man, Empire ends on such a downer. <laughs> but that's what's... But I, I'm totally a Randall here. But that's what's so great about it. This was a movie that was not... Like, I really enjoyed the Back to the Future series. Kind of contem- contemporary-ish. Contemporary-ish for me, in my experience with them. Back to the Future Part 2 is kind of this... Awesome, we're doing, you know, big awesome things. Oh, a train to be continued. You gotta follow us. This is gonna be awesome. At the end of Empire... This was a very different thing. This was clearly a big budget movie made for people to go out and see the movies. First off, I am your father. Spoiler alert. um, 35 years later. This was, this was, this was massive, right? Um, This was not at all what you were expecting. You knew, you knew Luke's dad was dead and he was going to kill all the evil and his dad was great and all this stuff. But there's also this whole thing where, wait, this guy's his father. He's going to chop off his hand. He didn't think, man, when I was like rolling around burning in a magma field with no limbs, that really fucking sucked. I don't want to do that to somebody else. No, he was like, you know what? You know what? This is good for you. This builds character.
1: Still parenting to this day.
0: Yeah. Like these are, these are massive things here.
1: It's my favorite for similar reasons it's the reasons of why TV now I say is so good. Mm -hmm. The storytelling in TV now is so good because you don't have to adhere to the rules of like introduction of problem. um, You know, looks like it's a dire situation solution of problem is that you can have core characters die. You can have, shifts in in where you think things are going Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's not that way a good guy is a bad guy a bad guy is a good guy or the whole idea of like not everyone is just truly good or bad it was back in a time when you didn't have movies that kind of hit that gray area Mm -hmm. it was this is good versus evil then you have some turns of like is he that evil it's his dad you know right some turns and, 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 and some turns of like, well, Luke's just going to go learn like everything and be awesome. And no, he doesn't really, he never finishes his training. He can't do the stuff he needs to do. He's frustrated. He's whiny. You know, it's, it, it is, it's showing weaknesses in people and seeing them overcome despite weaknesses, you know? Yeah.
0: And now this is, you know, you're, we're talking about how this is a thing you can do now. 1980. Right. Like that was not that was not what you expected the second movie and what you know of, you know, post fact to be a big budget thing. Right. Like we watch TV shows now and
1: I'll use like an example like Downton Abbey. Yeah, I'm going to say Downton Abbey. And you have certain characters. uh, Thomas is the one that I'll use if you're familiar with the the show at all. No, but okay, Um, is like right off the bat, you're like, oh, well, that guy's a jerk. Like, oh, he's obviously the jerkiest of all the jerk people here. At least I have this one guy I can point to being a jerk. And by the time you get like halfway through the series, you're like, I understand his motivation. I get why he's a jerk. I'm sorry he's a jerk, but I still wouldn't be like that. And by the end of the show, you're like, that's my favorite guy. <laughs> that is, you know what? I would do anything for that guy. It's like you start off by going, he is evil incarnate, you know, as we've said that Darth Vader is supposed to be but he's not evil incarnate. And that's right. something you did all the way back in 1980 is to go, well, he's not as bad as you think he is. He was a kid and he has some issues and he loves somebody. And ultimately his motivation was actually love, you know, the kind
0: of love that, you know, you usually get a restraining order on, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so for, for me, the storytelling of it, and like you say, not as much so for me, but not as much so the ending of like, what's going to happen next. Cause it does kind of end cliffhangery, but it gives you a lot of, progression and resolve
0: yeah you get the oh yeah no it it totally it's it's not the back to the future part two we're literally starting the next movie right now (laughs) just stay tuned and these scenes are literally from back to the future part three that we're taping and is already half done like this is a very this could be it like you know what this kid kind of left when he was still in training he doesn't know what he's doing maybe maybe this is it you know He gets on the Millennium Falcon and they figure out what's going on with his hand. And he's like, you know, you know what? Fuck it. This is dumb. I'm done. You don't know what to expect out of three. It's just like, yeah,
1: they're just looking out at the horizon and not knowing what to expect.
0: Hey, remember Han? Guess what? He's getting his comeuppance. (laughs) And this
1: has been General Geekery. Specifically,
0: it's been a podcast. He's Lou. He's Ben. Oh, I was supposed to have a fact. Famous quotes. Pop culture reference. Okay. Counterpoint. Downward inflection. Upward inflection. Thank goodness for Chef Boy RD. It's in your grocer's freezer. <laughs> Sounds like a horror film. The food is coming from inside your grocer's freezer. Kylo Ren and Stimpy? You idiot! <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Ben and Jerry's.